welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. What a great day. Well, go ahead and take a seat, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, moms. <laughs> it's such a special day. It's so nice because um, on Mother's Day, you know, moms want to come to church and they want their kids to come to church. Father's Day, it's a little bit of a thinner crowd. <laughs> so let's not let that happen to this year, gentlemen. We're not sleeping in on Father's Day, okay? <laughs> Hey, well, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Erin. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to bring the word today. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks. <laughs> so, first, because it is Mother's Day, and because I get to speak, I want to talk about my littles, the ones that made me a mama. I think we have a picture of Saya. She's our oldest. Let me tell you about Saya. She is, <laughs> well, look at her outfit. <laughs> she is stylish and she is opinionated. And when we were praying for her as she, when we found out, after we found out where she, we were pregnant, we always prayed healthy, wealthy, wise, and witty, and full of the Holy Ghost. That's just what we prayed for her. And so, <laughs> let me tell you, she is witty. She's got a comeback. She is, she is funny. So a couple of weeks ago, Sean and I were kind of giving her a pep talk. It was Friday night. We were giving her a pep talk like, okay, tomorrow morning, you're going to sleep real late, right? <laughs> she looks at us like square in the eyes and goes, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to cry in the morning. <laughs> and then she laughed because she is just so, she's just so witty. <laughs> And then we have Oakley, my sweet boy, and I gotta give, I gotta give photo cred to Jasmine, our nanny, because she took that beautiful picture of my handsome little man. He is the sweetest little guy ever. He's so loving, and which is great because my daughter doesn't like to cuddle. <laughs> she, so when she lets me hold her, I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. Oakley like will rub, will grab my face and give me kisses and, and rub his head on my shoulder and he's super sweet and he loves music. You see him going like this, this is him dancing. So I tell Jasmine, I'm like, you're his only hope. You got to teach him how to dance. <laughs> so those are my littles and anyway, my kids changed my life completely and somebody once told me that they'll change everything but you won't remember what your life was like before you had kids. Isn't that funny how that works? Before I was a mom, or before I became a mom, I was organized and disciplined and focused <laughs> because I wanted to be. I was goal-oriented. You know, I'm like one of those people like, oh, just don't do that thing. No, that's what I planned to do, so that's what I have to do. It's on the, it's on the calendar. So I was all those things because I wanted to be. But now that I'm a mom, like, it's compulsory. Like, there ain't no talking about it. Like, you can't not plan. Think about, like, beach days. Like, yeah, I want to go to the beach and I want to have a good time. But there's so much preparation that, oh, I gotta bring the toys and I gotta bring the towels and what if they need sunscreen? Is it the right sunscreen? Does it have toxic chemicals in the sunscreen? Are they gonna eat the sand? Do I have, is this, is the umbrella large enough to cover my fair-skinned little boy? Because say it tans, but Oakley does not as much. All the things. Being a mom is hard. <laughs> Being a mom is like the most difficult thing that you will ever do in your life. We, it's funny though, we have to manage as moms, mommies, mamas, whatever you call it, we have to manage our entire household. So on Wednesday night, this is really funny because Bishop brought the word on Wednesday night, which was awesome dad. And he had at one point, he had us look at each other or look at, look at the person next to you and say, I am the manager of my life. And he was making a great point. And Sean looked at me and goes, I am the assistant manager of my life. 
correct. <laughs> You're the assistant manager. <laughs> assistant to the manager. There you go. <laughs> because we run our households and we have so much to do. There's so many things that we have to do. We have to figure out how to feed them. We have to figure out how to clothe them. When things happen at school, like, like the, ha not Halloween. What do we do at school? Harvest parade. We do a harvest parade. Well, you don't just get them a costume. You have to make sure that they have the things that go on their hair and the, the things that go on their hands and the shoes that match the dress. And it's overwhelming. And if you miss it, you forget about it, then your kid <laughs> looks like you woke up in the morning and you remember that the harvest parade was that day. So they're wearing a pillowcase with a hole cut out of it or something like that. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that mom. <laughs> um, but there's all these things, right? On top of that, moms are different than dads. Moms provide different things, and moms see things differently. So Sean comes in, and Saya, okay, so let me just tell you, Saya has a little bit of mama in her. And when I say that, <laughs> I mean, she's kind of impatient, and she feels all her feelings. <laughs> so a lot of times, it's not uncommon in the morning for her to wake up and be like, and like, so she'll come out, and she'll like peer around the corner, and then she'll like be like, because she doesn't want to see whoever it is. She wants to, she wants, if it's me, she'll definitely want to see her dad, and if she sees her dad, she wants to see her mom. So she'll go and lay down in the hallway or something, face down. <laughs> And then she wants you to come to her <laughs> and get her. So if you walk away, she'll be like, mommy, wait, mommy, wait. <laughs> so she's got all these things, all these feelings. But so, some, so you know, we tend to be in the morning, like, I think it's funny. We're gentle with her, you know, whatever. So there was a, a couple of weeks ago, there was one morning where I, Sean was, like, dealing with her, and she was being extra, 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 extra. So she, uh, and I heard what was going on, and Sean's like trying to, like, you know, there comes a point where you got to get it together, girl, and sit down and eat your breakfast. So Sean was trying to do that, and like something in my heart was like, <sighs> she needs a little love this morning. So I was like, babe, can you just take care of this and this and this, and, and I'm going to take her and sit with her. And I just sat with her for like 10 minutes. Now, this is never, she, like I told you, she doesn't let me, like, love and cuddle her. But this morning, she let me love and cuddle her because my mom radar sensed that she needed a little extra love. Moms can move with intuition, like, that's just different. We know what's going on. We can sense when they're about to get sick. We can look at them and be like, mm, she might, a cold might be coming on before any symptoms come up. But here's the thing. The moment that we start getting good at being a mom of babies, well, they grow up a little bit. And then you have to be a mom of toddlers. And you're like, man, like, I just mastered this baby phase. I They're finally sleeping for 12 hours at night, and it's great, and we're finally smooth in the morning and we have everything together but now they're two and everything is wild and crazy and you never get to sit down from the time that you get home until the time that they go to bed let me tell you <laughs> it is okay if you look forward to bedtime mamas especially you new new mamas don't feel bad about that we all look forward to bedtime we love our kids but man Bedtime is a good time. Because <laughs> we finally get to take a breath. But there's a, a learning curve to being a mom. You know nothing. Like, no matter how many books you read, no matter how many videos you watch, no matter how much you prepare to be a mom, man, the learning curve is ridiculous. You are, your baby will be the exception to the rule. It, they are just different. They are not predictable. Every baby is different. There's like almost nowhere to prepare. So we, we have these like things. We have to go through these stages and we're always changing and always moving on and always trying to figure out because there's no like everything you need to know 
about momming from birth to the end, right? There, there might be, but it hmm, doesn't apply to your baby <laughs> because babies are unique. So listen, so what we do is we, hopefully, <laughs> well, we got two choices. We can pull up Instagram and we can look at all the perfect moms because there's a million perfect, I mean, they got it all. They got, they get everywhere early. <laughs> I heard this, I was listening to this podcast once and this woman was like, all I want to do, like the, the pinnacle of success for me is to arrive early and have snacks. And I'm like, yes, amen, amen. <laughs> because it feels like that is an unattainable thing. <laughs> so what do we do? We get overwhelmed by what we see on Instagram. And we turn to the Bible. Second choice, of course. No, I'm kidding. Um, we turn to the Bible and we see, what does it say about being a mom in the Bible? Well, let me tell you a little bit about being a mom in the Bible. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Okay, so you even have to make the thread for the clothing that you're going to sew for every single person in your home. Okay, uh, okay. okay, got it. She's like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. My, my interpretation of that is like, I go to Whole Foods and Publix and Trader Joe's to make sure that I get all the best deals and the things that my kids need because that's the equivalent of being, bringing food from afar. Okay, got it. Overwhelming, but got it. Do I really have to go to all of those places? Yes, okay, got it. She gets up. Before dawn, before dawn, she gets up and prepares breakfast, hot, hot and ready, breakfast for her entire household. And she plans the day's work for her servant girls. <laughs> it would be so nice to have help, but she has to, not only does she have to cook for everyone, she has to tell everybody what they're gonna do. She has to manage everyone's schedule. Oh my goodness. She goes to inspect a field and she buys it. Oh, I can't buy kitchen towels without my husband's opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll never be able, I'm, I would never be able to do that. I'm sorry, I just, I can't, nah, sorry. I'm gonna throw that one back. <laughs> With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Now, I love this one. We're showing some promise here with my gardening skills, y'all. I've had tomatoes all through the summer, or all through the winter, and I'm very excited about that. So that one, I might, the vineyard, we might, we might be getting somewhere with that. She is energetic, strong, hard worker. She makes her dealings profitable, and her lamp burns late into the night, so she gets up before dawn. Her lamp burns late into the night, which means she stays up late, and for whatever reason, every time I read that verse, that part of that verse, I kept reading it as her headlamp, because she's at home spinning her wool and flax with a headlamp in the middle of the night, because that's what the Bible says about being a mom. <laughs> oh my goodness. How? Oh Jesus. How? How? We're supposed to be trustworthy, selfless, industrious, not wasteful. I dig that. All of these things. We're supposed to be so many different things. And it feels impossible. But it says in Proverbs 32, be all things to all people at all times, right? No, because there's no Proverbs 32. It's in the Message Bible. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not. No. We don't have to be all things to all people at all times. See, we read this scripture as our guidance, but we read it without the grace of Jesus. We read it without understanding his empowering presence. We read it without bringing him into the equation. We get overwhelmed before we even get started. We just cast it aside because, God, there's no way. 
I can do all these things all the time. Being a mom is heavy. I'm just getting by. We're eating fast food every night because I'm tired. Because I, I'm having trouble planning ahead. We have to do all these things, and we still, we have to do all these things for our home, for our household. And most of us have to work. And there's that whole, uh, many of us in this room, we volunteer, we serve. Serve here in this church, serve in different capacities. And we're supposed to find something, a, a hobby. <laughs> What? <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> Something that we enjoy? <laughs> well, let me tell you. A few months ago, a few months ago, I was having a hard time. Um, and I know I'm always real with y'all, and it's cool, so just bear with me. I was having a really hard time, and I was praying a lot, and I'm like, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want to pray the way that you want me to pray. I just want to be the best mom I can be and be perfect. <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's basically where my prayer was going. So I went on this walk one day, and what I realized as I'm praying is that the Lord was not asking me to do all the things that I was putting on myself. I was praying so hard to get into his presence the right way, to say the things that he wanted me to say in the way that he wanted me to say them, and that's a good place to be, right? In my heart. But I was thinking so much about it that I was psyching myself out. And so I was beginning to partner with the lie of the enemy that I was not capable of doing the things that were before me. I was entertaining a conversation with the enemy with my thoughts of trying to do everything perfect. And I came back, it, it made, so, and here's the thing, it made me feel powerless. It made me feel like giving up. It made me feel like I didn't have authority in my life with my children, with the things that were on my plate to do. So I came back from that walk. And God told me the most beautiful thing. And I should know better, but you know, whatever, I'm not perfect. He said, uh, you're not perfect. And you're not expected to be. I don't expect you to be perfect. And I said, okay. <laughs> so what can I do? <laughs> we talk about balance. <laughs> I, it's one of those things we, we all talk about balance all the time. We're all trying to figure out this equation of like, okay, well, first I'm going to do this. And I'm only going to spend this amount of time doing this. And this happens after that, and nothing's ever balanced. Because with every season, the moment that we figure something out, the moment that we get a rhythm, the rhythm has to change because it's a new season. Our lives are not static, they are fluid. And we have to, the challenge is that we have to maintain the most important practices while introducing the new things that are coming into our lives through the different seasons. This is what the Proverbs 31 woman is, is figuring it out, is rolling with the changes. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta put you on blast, I'm sorry. I'm pointing, I shouldn't point, don't use my fingers. My friend, Rochelle. <laughs> I tell everybody I wanna be like Rochelle when I grow up because she is so like, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. That's really, I'm, everything's fine. I don't worry about changes. Just tell me what we're going to do. No problem. And I'm like, I want to be like that. And I'm like, no change. No changes. You can't change anything. Don't even talk to me about the changes because we've already got the plan and the plan is going to stick. 
So I am not, I am not intense at all, okay? I'm not, I'm not intense. So how are we ever going to get a handle of this thing called motherhood when it costs us so much and we just feel like every moment we are giving and giving and giving and you slave over this meal and my kids will not eat it and sometimes I even make a slam dunk like it's pasta. I know they're going to eat the pasta. They don't want pasta tonight apparently. No more pasta. But tomorrow we work so hard but our kids like we don't always see the fruit. I don't even, and I don't know what it's like to have older children, but man, I can imagine it's really hard to just let your kids be out there and to hope that you sowed into them enough seeds that they are going to serve the Lord and make good decisions with their lives. I can imagine that's heartbreaking when they don't. So we just kind of... We get so overwhelmed that we feel out of control of everything, and then we hit this place of like, I'm not cooking anymore. <laughs> it, that took me an hour, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Or I bought you all these clothes and I'm not buying you any more clothes, so y'all gonna have to figure it out because y'all don't wanna wear what I gotcha. You know, I'm not going to read to my kid anymore because they're just running around, not paying attention to me as I'm reading. I'm not going to buy my kid a phone because every time I give them a phone, they break it and then bring it back to me two days after I got it for them with broken and I'm just like, I don't. Hmm. So we kind of start to be lax about the things that we're doing as moms. And I say, and, I, and I'm going to say this, I'm talking to moms today, but this doesn't just apply to moms. This applies to non-moms, which includes everybody in here. So you take what I'm saying and you can figure out a way to apply it to your life, right? Now, maybe it doesn't have to do with your kids because you don't have any, but maybe it has to do with your job or your personal life or whatever. We... Live below where we are called to live because we get overwhelmed with all of the have-tos and we hold ourselves in our brains to this Proverbs 31 standard of impossibility or the Instagram standard of lies, I'll call it that, because <laughs> ain't nobody that organized. <laughs> We hold ourselves to these standards, so we say, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not going to try because I can't do it. I can't do that. Well, everybody's looking for the hack, so let me share you, share with you the hack that I found. You ready for the hack? It's Jesus. Hey, come on now. Jesus got all the life hacks we need. And the title of my message today is Life Hacks of an Authentic Mommy. Maybe it says mom, I'm not sure. So here we go. I have been, so let me tell you, I have been, I have been in the Old Testament for a really long time. So it's, I'm reading my Bible from front to back again, and, or not from front to back. I'm reading it chronologically, which is a little bit dizzying sometimes. So I'm always thankful when I get to read about Jesus because it's refreshing because the Old Testament gets really, <laughs> I read Nahum yesterday and that was weird. The whole, that's, it's heavy. If you need hope, don't read that book. Anyway, I'll explain some other time. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about it. I love Jesus. I love the entire Bible. It's all good and it's all there for a reason. Some books are more inspiring than others. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so we are going to apply scripture to what I'm saying today, and we're going to look at Mark, the book of Mark. So as I was preparing, you know, I'm really busy. So I got, I'm, I got this job, I got my two littles, and I have another job, and I 
was preparing for this message, so I knew I wanted to use Jesus because he's a f the best example that we could possibly get. And I legit Googled shortest gospel in the Bible. <laughs> Mark. So I could listen to the entire book in an hour and a half. And this is where we're going to take our text from. And we're going to start in verse one, chapter 1, verse 32. And this is shortly after Jesus started his ministry. It says, that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to pray in an isolated place. Never miss your prayer time. That is the first hack. Never miss your prayer time. I use this example, I pick this example because Jesus is doing something that is really hard. Praying for people is, uh, is it not, it's not just spiritual, it is physical. And so he is ministering to people in a difficult, like the stuff he's doing, he's getting people healed and casting out demons, that takes a lot. And it says at the very beginning of that scripture, what does it say? It says, that evening after sunset. So you know he was up late. But that did not impact his choice to get up early in the morning to get recharged. You see, he, know, he knew that he needed the strength, he needed the wisdom, he needed the direction, he needed the peace, he needed the recharge that comes only from spending time with the Lord let me tell you, if you do anything during the day with your day, pray. You will get peace if you truly pray. You do not have to go through the, the uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy. You don't have to do that. You just talk to God. You just speak out to him. Having that time with God, he's our source of strength. He is our source of peace. When we don't know what to do, he'll either give us the answer or he's going to give us peace to get through it while we're in the waiting because he's got something for you in every season. Either that he wants you to learn, something that he wants you to grow in, or he's going to take care of it right away. There he is. That's Jesus, right? He received direction. Yeah, that's right. That's our Jesus. So first life hack. Got it? Never miss a prayer time. So I want to say, I want to say this. Like right now in my life, the only time that I can get to pray is before everybody wakes up. So, or before my kids wake up. My husband and I get up in the morning and we just started doing it. Um, we started doing it actually this year, right? Was it this year? Yeah. We started doing it this year because we took on this new role of senior pastors of this church. And there's a heavy... There's a heavy, not like heavy, like it's like burying me in the ground, but it, there's a heaviness, a weightiness to it. <laughs> there's a weightiness to it. So we know that like our prayer time is imperative. So now we get up this, we get up at five and we spend, that gives us plenty of time to read our Bible and then we get to pray about it. And it's not like rushing prayer. It's, it's genuine, good, solid time spent with the Lord, which is what we need. Now, I know that there's times where length of time that you spend in prayer changes or um, the amount of reading that you're doing changes. Here's the important thing. Wherever you are, make it a priority. Think to yourself before you go to bed at night, when am I going to pray? Give yourself, where, and, and start where you are. You don't if 5 a.m. is like, I could never do that. That's okay. That's okay. What do you need to do? Do you need to maybe just get up like 30 minutes earlier? How can you apply this thing to your life and get better where you are? You don't have to get up. You might not have to get up. Maybe you don't have to be at work until 10 a.m. Like, get up when you need to get up. Maybe you pray at night. 
Whatever it is, here's, here's the only thing I'll say about praying at night. Um, <laughs> the kids go down, and I'm tired. And I know that Jesus knows that I'm tired. So praying in bed <laughs> leads to a very short prayer time. <laughs> so that's why I like to do it first thing in the morning. I like, to get it, I like to get my time in. Not to get it done and out of the way, but I like to set the pace for my life. All right, for, that's the first life hack. Second life hack. We're going to turn to verse, I'm sorry, to chapter 14, the book of Mark. We're going to go to chapter 14, verse 3. Um, and this is a beautiful thing. This is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. And in verse 3 it says, uh, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. Why spend that money? I'll spend the money. You can save the money. That's, not, that's, ad, that's ad-libbing, sorry. That's what I would think. It could have been used or sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they, could, they scolded her harshly. They yelled at her. Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why would you criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them wherever you want, whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body ahead of, uh, has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. We take that role of some of those at the table on ourselves. Some of those at the table who were, scol- were scolding this woman who was giving Jesus an offering, was blessing him, was doing a wonderful thing for him, we say, no, 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 not for me. I don't need that. Save it. Save your money. I don't need that meal that you offered to bring over. I don't need you to hold my babies for me for an hour while I can sleep. I don't need you because that means... What does that mean for us? That means that we're not good enough. And accepting help says that we're not good enough. And that is a lie from the enemy. That is a lie. I am a person that I, like I said at the very beginning of today, I want to be perfect and I want to be able to do all the things. And this is the one thing that God has shown me over and over and over again. He's so generous. You're not perfect. You cannot do it all. And that is okay. That is okay. So let people do nice things for you. If somebody calls you and says, hey, let me come sit with your kids for a little bit. Or, hey, we're having a party. Why don't you come drop your kids off, go run around for a little bit, and then come back whenever you're ready. Why not? Letting somebody do a nice thing for you not only blesses you, but it blesses them. And let me tell you, mommies, if you have free time, do not feel bad about doing nothing in your free time. Okay? I, a couple of weeks ago, I was super stressed, and it was one of those weeks that I was working seven days, and I was overwhelmed, and Sean tried to take Saya during nap time, because Saya wasn't napping, so Sean's like, I'll take Saya and go up to the church, and so as soon as they left, Oakley woke up, so about an hour later, I just called him, I'm like, listen, come get her, or him, come get him, I just need you to take him. Now, the whole time I'm feeling really bad, but I'm also kind of like being mean to my husband because the truth is I was really tired. I was really tired because I was really busy that week and I was overwhelmed. So I called him. I asked him to come get that kid. Come get him. (laughs) Get your son and take him somewhere. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to finish the laundry. And I cried in bed, <laughs> took a nap and a shower. And it was like the whole day had changed. The, the, the heavens opened. Jesus, 
himself gave me kisses on my face. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we just need to rest. S just rest. Don't be judgmental. Don't be resistant when people want to do nice things for you. Allow them. And another, another point in that too, another sub point, don't be afraid to delegate, ma'am. Don't be afraid to ask your husband to help you. Sometimes I feel bad, this is terrible, but sometimes I feel bad about, my husband is an amazing assistant manager. <laughs> if there was a position that I could promote you to, you would have it. <laughs> um, he, I mean, he is always looking for ways to make things easier for me. And so honestly, sometimes it makes me feel bad. Like, it makes me feel bad to see him folding laundry, and I wish, oh, he saw that I, the way that I think is he saw that I didn't get it done, so he's trying to step in to make sure that it gets done. But that's not true. He just wants to help me get my things done. So sometimes it's okay. I'm not sometimes. It's okay to say, like, baby, can you stop by and pick up the things? Can you... Can you do something? Can you pick up the kids from school today? I, he was out of town last week, and I need my, my schedule is, right now in this season is, you know, I work during the day, and then I work out from 3 to 4. And so I, he was out of town, so I could either skip my workout and be mentally not in a great place because my workout is my de-stress, or I could ask Miss Jasmine to go take the kids and pick them up from school. And does she mind? No. But the only thing that would keep me from asking her to do that is that I have to ask her to do that, and that makes me feel bad. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Come on now. So that's the second life hack. Let people do nice things for you, even if you have to ask them. Third hack. Chapter 6, verse 30. This is one of the most beautiful things. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that he, they had done. Jesus then said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead of them along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, a little thing about, a little caveat to this story is Jesus had also just found out that his cousin, who we can, by biblical clues, see that he was very close to, had just been killed. So Jesus is suffering significant loss. He's suffering in his heart, right? We know he was human. He, he hurts. He knows that John's in heaven, you know, but it still hurts him. So they had just gotten back from the ministry tour where they had gone around, the disciples had gone around and did all this amazing stuff, and they were exhausted. They were exhausted. But Jesus said, we're going to do a little more this time. Jesus said, we're going to do a little more this time. We have to discern the necessity of pushing a little bit more. I just told you that story about how I cried myself to sleep and took a shower and that was the end of my day. But sometimes I have to push a little harder. I have to renew my mind. And I have to say, Jesus, I'm here for you. What do you want me to do right now? We have to discern those times because there are times, and there are a lot of times, that we have to push a little harder, that we have to go a little further. But we have to, we have to continue even when we don't feel like it. Even when we don't think that we have this, the stamina, the wherewithal, even when we don't know how it's going to happen, when the thoughts start to race of, or our bad attitudes start to come up of, I don't, I don't know why I committed to these people, I don't even want to go, or whatever, our bad attitudes start. But 
We don't do life for ourselves, y'all. And sometimes God needs us to push a little harder. Sometimes we have to stay up a little later and take a phone call that we don't feel like taking in the moment. But man, when we get off the phone, we feel refreshed and the other person just got what they needed from the Lord. That's hack number three, discern the necessary. Hack number four, we have 27 hacks, so I hope you guys are comfortable. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's, there's five hacks. Five hacks. So hack number four. <laughs> hack number four, are you ready? Chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus, a little background here. So what happened when he had compassion on them and stayed with them? He fed the 5,000 Men, countless women and children, one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, out of a place of sacrifice, that miracle happened, out of a place of sacrifice. So, verse 45, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills to pray. And late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. Don't be afraid to change plans. Don't be afraid to shift based on what the need is in the moment. At the beginning of this story that I, that in, the, in chapter 6 of the book of Mark, they were going to go away together. They were going to go somewhere and rest a few days all together. But because of what happened, Jesus pivoted a little bit. I hate that word. I'm sorry. Jesus changed his mind a little bit and said, hey, listen, I'm gonna, I need to spend some time alone. Disciples, you guys go and you go back here and I'll meet you whenever. Because Jesus needed some time alone. It changed and that's okay. Their plans changed and that's okay. Sometimes things need to change so that we can carry out our tasks to the best of our ability. Sometimes we are so good at following protocols to the T, but it's not serving what that protocol is in the place for, so we need to change it. Sometimes things in our lives need to shift a little bit, and just because we've always done something one way doesn't mean that we always have to do it that way. There's times and seasons for change. We are in the second quarter of the year. Now is the time for change. We are in this, and it's shifty, and it's a little uncomfortable, and nobody really knows what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen when, when things change. We don't know how it's going to feel. We know for sure it's not going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but hey, what if it works so much better? In this case for Jesus, man, he needed to get his time alone. He had to cancel his vacation with the disciples. And that's okay. It is. It's okay. So don't be afraid. Jesus hack number four. Don't be afraid to change the plans. Chapter 14. We're going to jump ahead a couple of chapters again. Verse 32. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, I'm going to close. Jesus said, sit here while I go pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And he became. He became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground and he prayed, if it were possible, that the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. Hack number five. Don't neglect the importance and necessity of community. And don't try to pretend like you have it all together all the time. We, we see Jesus. He is about to get all of our sins 
forgiven. He is about to save the world. And he tells his friends, I am struggling with this. Can you be with me? Because I need to help with this. He's the one that's been teaching them all this whole time. He's the one that they look to. But he was brave enough to, to, he was brave enough, he was courageous enough to be who he truly was with those closest to him. We, if Jesus couldn't, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, could not do life by himself, who am I to think I don't need no friends? Who are you to think that you can do it all by yourself? Who are you to think that you are too good to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need help. I am struggling. That does not mean that there is something wrong with you. It means that you are a human being. We are created that way. Jesus, the Lord, listen, the Lord created us to need community. There's these things called hormones in our body and we've all heard about like oxytocin and we think about it with moms, right? When we nurse our babies and it's created and it's a thing that they call it the bonding um, hormone, whatever. This is actually a, a hormone that is in every single person in the world. It's in every human being and it, it's raised when we get hugs, when we have great conversations and it's the same for men and women and it produces a feeling of calm and it produces security we are so this is how we were wired this is the amazingness of our creator he created us to physically need community so don't think that you don't need no friends, that you don't need to talk to nobody when you're going through something hard. We need each other. You are not above that. Please, please do not think that people are think, gonna think badly of you because you need help. Savior, Jesus. He needed help. We think we gotta have this, we, or we've got this. We've got to do this all by ourselves, and that's not true. Let me tell you. He knew about the rejection that he was going to experience, y'all. He knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. He knew that G Judas was stealing from him. Hey, listen, you know, do you know, he told the disciples, hey, in three days I'm going to rise again, and ain't nobody at that tomb except for Mary Magdalene, his friends. People are going to let you down. That doesn't mean that you don't have friends, that you don't surround yourself with community. People will let you down. And that is okay. You get back up and you rebuild relationships. Sometimes those relationships have to be cut off or modified, and that's okay too. But God gives us discernment about that. About who to allow in our lives. And mamas, let me tell you, your kids are going to look at you and see how you do your relationships. And their relationships are going to mirror yours. So especially you single moms. Can I tell you, don't let yourself be treated like junk because God's got somebody for you or he is exactly what you need. Don't subject yourself to being treated less than. Would you want that for your child? Would you want your little one when she grows up or he grows up to be treated poorly or worse to treat somebody else poorly? Why do we do all this stuff? Why do we even try to find hacks? Because man, when we obey God, he blesses us. We live the life that he's called us to live, but listen, I wanna tell you a little story. And there was a son and a mama, and they were at a wedding together. And they ran out of wine at this wedding. And the mama's like, hey, son, Go 
help them. And the son's like, no, mama, I ain't going to do it. I'm not ready for it. And the mama's like, no, you're, no, listen to him. Listen to what he says. He's going to help you guys. Jesus' mom launched her son into ministry. It was because of the prayers of his mother that he was launched into ministry. A mom who trusted the word of God. He was raised up and prepared for that time. It matters what you do. It matters what you do. It matters, moms. You matter. You will see fruit in your children, in your grandchildren, in your foster children, in the, the children that you mentor, that you speak life into, that you see in the lobby of the church on Sundays, the people that you work with. You will see fruit. What you say, what you do, it matters. It can feel a lot. It feels like a lot. And sometimes it feels like it's too much. But man, no, you're right. I am not just Oakley and Saya's mom. That is correct. I am not just their mama, but that is a significant part of my purpose and I treat that very seriously. I take that very seriously. What our kids grow into, who they become, is the seeds that we sow day by day by day. Consistency is key. Strength is key. Where do you get that from? You get it from Jesus. Don't act like you can't. You can got it all together and you can do this alone. I was talking to a woman who, she had just had babies and it broke my heart because I was like, what can our church, you know, we want to come around you and help you. And she said, I don't need anything. And both of her babies were still in the NICU. And she, she was struggling. And she said, I don't need anything. I'm good. Let's not, let's not do that. Let's not do that to each other. Let's be brave. Let's raise our children together, speaking life into each other. We have a great responsibility as mamas. Mamas, I want you to stand. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.